This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 4th, 2023. Fueled God Power. Good morning, Connection Church. Here in the sanctuary. Couldn't quite hear you guys at home, but I, I believe you're there. Isn't this just a great day to be part of God's kingdom? What a gorgeous day. Wow. So this morning, this weekend, oh, excuse me. There's going to be two more coming. At least. They usually come in threes, but we'll hope they re, re, relax for a while. This morning, we begin a new series called Fueled. In this series, we're going to be looking at some passages from the book of Romans, uh, where we're looking at how we're fueled for life in God's kingdom this morning. We're going to be focused on God power. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Morning. Oh, that's awesome to hear. You, you know what? This place was packed the first service, and they didn't have as much energy as you, so thank you so much. Um, my name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for coming today. I don't know if you noticed right here, we had a new face on our praise team. Did you notice? It's Amy. Amy is a rising sophomore at Red Lion Christian Academy. And our newest addition, we've got another young man coming who's a 10th grader who's an instrumentalist. And we just want you to know that there's always room if you are you know, able to hold a tune. Darn. <laughs> they have that requirement, huh? And can play an instrument, not a beginner, but you can play an instrument there's room for you, so we'd love to have you. And isn't there room on the tech team too? There is room Eric? on the tech team, cameras and back in the back. It's, it's we would love. So see Barry, and also um, if you wanna have, if you have any questions, Paul Donovan, who normally sings up here, he's um, the one that you should contact if you wanna be a part of this part of it, so. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. What a gorgeous day. Well, um, and we get to be together with you, praising you. We are so grateful. Settle us in wherever we are so that we can hear your word found in the book of Romans. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we shared last week, Paul wrote the book of Romans somewhere around 56, 57 A.D. A.D. means... It's a Latin thing, Annos Domini, which means in the year of our Lord. It doesn't mean after death. It's, it's in the year of our Lord. And he wrote it while he was in Corinth, there in Greece. He was preparing to visit Jerusalem to drop off a collection for the poor. He, he planned to follow with a visit to Rome. You know, Rome at the time was the kind of the center of the civilized world. That, that was like the, where it was happening. And... Uh, and he really wanted to go there, but his time in Jerusalem was somewhat extended unexpectedly when he was arrested there. Uh, he was later uh, moved to Rome, and he was continued under arrest, a house arrest. Um, and so this letter written far in advance of his time there introduces Paul to the Romans. It's a, it's a well-organized, uh, carefully presented statement of Paul's faith. Uh, with an overall theme of righteousness. 
So Paul does begin this book of Romans uh, with a brief introduction of himself. And he shares that he is a servant of Jesus Christ, that he's an apostle. Now we talk about disciples and we talk about apostles. Apostle is a calling, one who is set apart to share the gospel, uh, to start churches. A disciple is a student or a learner or a follower. We're all disciples of Jesus Christ. And he is called to share the good news of God, of Jesus. He goes on to say that Jesus was the one who was promised beforehand in the Old Testament. All the Old Testament prophecies pointed to the one who was coming, pointed to the Messiah. And Paul said, he's come, the Son of God, Jesus the Christ, resurrected from the dead. And that is whom we receive grace from. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited love. We don't do anything to earn it. We can't do enough to receive it. It's not like racking up points and you get more grace. That's not how it works. We just receive that love because Jesus is our Lord. And so he shares that he, Paul, offers grace and peace uh, to those in Rome on behalf of Jesus Christ. And so speaking of grace, Paul is very gracious in this letter to the Romans. He tells them how he thanks God for all of them because their faith is being reported all over the world. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Connection Community Church doing all over the world for their faith? That would that'd be something to be known by, wouldn't it? That'd be pretty cool. But, um, and, 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 and he says, God be my witness. He constantly remembers them in his prayers at all times. And, uh, and, and, and that now at last, maybe God will open a way for him to come to them. He, he's wanted to have that happen for a long time, uh, but it hasn't happened so far. There have been things that gotten in the way, but uh, he, he wants to uh, impart some, some spiritual gift to help make them strong, to, that they may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. You know, Rome wasn't the easiest place at that point in time if you were a Christian, you know? He, he wants them to know that he has planned, like I said, to come many times, but been prevented. Uh, but now he wants to see a harvest among them, uh, as he has among so many other Gentiles or non-Jews, see? He tells them he is obligated both to the Greek and to the non-Greek. Obligated both to the wise and to the foolish. And that's why he's eager to preach the gospel to them in Rome. And so today we're looking at Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. And this is the New Living Translation. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right, that's righteousness, makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This is a powerful two verses. 
It's packed in. One commentary we read on this passage tells us the rest of the book of Romans is just an elaboration of these two verses. That's powerful. It also says that this is the essence of Paul's entire ministry. Wow. To proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and to declare a message that has within its power it the power to radically and fundamentally change an individual and all humankind. Let me say that again. It has the power to declare a message that has within it the power to radically and fundamentally, that's at the very core, change an individual and, and all humankind. That's, you don't get much more powerful than that, do you? That's what we call God power. God power. And so Paul begins these two verses with a declaration. He says, I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. Can you say that with me? I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Why would he feel like he has to say that? Why would he say, I'm not ashamed? Well, and about good news. And what is the good news that he's talking about? We all have good news in our lives. There's, you know, we experience good news, but good news in Christianity is something different. Good news is about Jesus Christ, that he came, that God, you know, sent his son to the earth to live and die and rise again for us. And he shares that he's not ashamed of this because the promised one has come and he personally has experienced what that's all about, new life in Christ. So in terms of not being ashamed, we remember here that Paul, uh, prior to his road to Damascus encounter, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, uh, encounter with the risen Christ, Paul was, he was hunting down Christ followers. He was a faithful, loyal, card-carrying Jew. He was a Pharisee, which those are the guys who are very strictly interpreting the rules and regulations. He was a member of the Sanhedrin or the Jewish Supreme Court. And, and he did not go for this thing they called the way, which was the followers of Jesus Christ. They were on the way. And he was out and he was taking them down. He was taking names and he was, he was kicking tail. He was serious about not letting them spread this message around. In fact, he was on his way. He had gotten papers to, to track down some uh, Christ followers in Damascus. He had papers to go get them. And then on the way, something happened that changed everything. We read about it in Acts 9, verses 3 to 6, New Living Translation. As he, Paul, was approaching Damascus on this mission, this mission to take down these Christ followers, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. And I'm going to tell you, you, you need to go, not right now, but go read this whole chapter 9, because there's a lot more here than we've got time to share this morning. But you've got to read this whole story. It's an incredible story. Suddenly shone around, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And you notice the Lord is a small L. It's not like Lord Jesus. 
It's like, Lord, in other words, like, uh, who are you, fellow? Who are you, Lord? And the voice replied, hello, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up, go in the city, and you will be told what you must do. We, we didn't read the part here where he had like scales on his eyes, so he was blinded for three days. We're told here about the other guy God uh, gave a message to, to meet him, and this guy was fearful of meeting him because he'd heard of what he was doing to Christ followers, and he had a meeting between this guy and Paul. I mean, it's all a, a God miracle that's going on here. I encourage you to read the whole chapter after nine. But from that point on, Paul, that's, his, that's the Greek version of Saul, which is the Hebrew name, was a faithful, faith-filled follower of Jesus Christ. This guy who was hunting down Christ followers does a 180-degree turn. Isn't that incredible? A full 180, no longer persecuting, anything but ashamed of speaking out in favor of and support of in complete devotion to the one he had previously persecuted. And as a Christ follower, challenging really doesn't even begin to explain what Paul's life was like after he claimed Jesus as his Lord. Paul was imprisoned in Philippi. He was, he was chased out of Thessalonica. He was smuggled to Damascus, or out of Damascus and Berea. He was laughed at in Athens. He was considered a fool in Corinth. He was declared a blasphemer and a lawbreaker in Jerusalem. He was stoned and left for death in Lystra. You're catching the picture here. Life was not easy when he claimed Jesus Christ. And yet, he faithfully followed and he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of Jesus who called me out of the pit. He knew that the good news was Christ's power to transform lives, his very life. He was a new man. He had experienced it personally, and he wanted everybody that he came in contact with to have that encounter in one way or another with Jesus Christ so that they could experience new life as well. And here's the thing. If we look ashamed up in the dictionary, it means to be reluctant to do something through fear of embarrassment or humiliation. Anybody here ever been ashamed? Yeah, it's a pretty common thing, right? And while we might not think we are ashamed of Christ, there are times when many, maybe most, maybe almost all of us, are reluctant to speak out for him at times for whatever reason maybe it's some fear of embarrassment or humiliation i don't know like those times when in the midst of a of a conversation there's an opportunity to share how christ has worked in our lives how he's given us hope given us the opportunity to experience maybe even a miracle you know we've seen that we have the opportunity to share that good news with others to speak out for him and we don't take the opportunity that's sitting right there 
in front of us. You know, we kind of rather stay quiet. I don't know if we're fearful of... We might not what, be liked. Somebody they, might they think might, we're weird. What, what they think, you know, what's this, what's this oh, Jesus weirdo guy? Or uh, whatever the reason, we, we kind of sit back rather than stepping forth. And there's times when we may feel like some of the more challenging parts of Scripture we want to avoid or water down because we don't want to offend. Thing is, God's truth is God's truth, and it's unchanging. And so we are not ashamed of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus Christ. And that we're all sinners. We all need a Savior. We've, he came for every one of us so that we could experience the fullness of his love. It's easy in these walls, like, yeah, I love Jesus, but how about when, when we're out there? And I'm not saying be weird to people. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But if you have an opportunity, if you're sitting on a ball field or sitting in a cubicle and a coworker, you know, is suffering, just say, hey, can I say a quick prayer for you? I mean, step out. Don't be ashamed of the one who gave you life. And we make it too complicated. We make it too hard. Just do it. It's really um, not as hard as we make it. You know, I know Jesus. I don't remember when I didn't. You know, I mean, back from, of course, it probably understood him a little different then than I do now. But, and I think back over all those years and all those times that I, I could have shared the good news, told people how Christ has worked in my life, how he's brought me joy, how he's brought miracles, uh, how he's brought a peace sometimes that exceeds that all understanding you know, that we talk about. Uh, those times when a door was opened, uh, and, and, and there's doors open, and you could have been a blessing. And instead of sharing, I stayed quiet. You know, you think back over all that, and you think, and for whatever reason, I don't know if it's fear, embarrassment, I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe in Paul's words, it's, it's being ashamed. And just to say that, it's painful. It's painful. Uh, reluctant for whatever reason and, and, and you know I kind of need to think through this and to be more following of Paul I'm not ashamed I, I should not be fearful I, I, I don't need to sit back I should be more upfront with the good news of Jesus Christ I don't know you know the last month we've been talking about being works in progress amen I guess I'm still a work in progress how about you guys yeah yeah well we're not what we're not talking about is pointing out other people's sins. We're just sharing what Jesus did for us. That's yeah. how we can be a blessing. That's how we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. So Paul continues, verse 16, the second half of that, and Paul says, it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and then the Gentile. We're talking about God power. Say God power. God power. Yeah. God power that allowed Paul is God's power, which Holy Spirit that allowed Paul to not be ashamed of the good news and to walk his life out in boldness. And the scripture says, saving everyone who believes. 
everyone. Not some, not a few, but who does he say? Everyone. And here's the thing, it's not everyone who attended church. (laughs) It's not everyone who's in three Bible studies or does a devotion every day. It's everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. We confess with our mouth. We repent. We're sorry. We're going to try a new way, and you're the new way. And that's it. It's by God's love that we are saved, that we're wiped clean, and then we have to do it again. But it's that grace, that love that covers us. Everyone who believes. God's work, his saving grace, is not for some. Let's not be Pharisaic, but for everyone. So God power, the power of God. That, that word power is an interesting word. The, the Greek that gets translated power is dynamis. Can you say that? Dynamis. It's the same word at the base of which we use for, you know, dynamic. You know, he was a dynamic speaker. It's also the root of the word dynamite. That's pretty powerful. Dynamite. Yeah. Um, so it's the power then to move things. It's, it's the power to change things. It's serious power, the kind of power that we don't have. You and I don't have this kind of power. We, we sometimes think we do. We like to think we have that kind of power, but we don't. It's not within us to have the power even to change ourselves. Kind of power only God has. Kind of power we read about in the Old Testament in Jeremiah 12.23. Can an Ethiopian change the color of his skin? No. Can a leopard take away its spots? Neither can you start doing good, for you have always done evil. We don't have the power, enough power, to truly change on our own. Any more than tigers can change their stripes, right? Do a Google search on self-help, and you get like 7 billion, that's a B, billion hits on that. You know, I, I'm the, I've got all these books on my shelf, you know. Until I call on God's Holy Spirit, God power, none of it, I can't sustain it. I run out of fuel. At the end of the day, it's like, oh, we're running out of fuel. God never runs out of fuel. That's what we're talking about, fueled. That's what this Roman series is about, fuel. Our fuel comes from God power. And it's a fuel that never runs dry. And so the power to change is at our core is in the hands of God, and it's coming and trusting God with our very lives. It's God who brings salvation, saving grace, that saving love in our lives. We, we can't do it on our own. Mm. But it's a submission to his power, to his might, to his grace, to his glory, to his love. So Gary just mentioned salvation. That's an interesting word also. The original Greek is the word soteria, soteria, S-O-T-E-R-I-A. Say soteria. 
Soteria. Yeah, and that, you know, it's good you said it because that's the only time you'll probably use that for the rest of this year, but you know, at least you did it once. Soteria. And that's a word that means to rescue, uh, to make safe, to deliver. And so his death on the cross, through his death on the cross, Jesus brings all these various understandings of this word to life. Because Jesus rescues us from the power of sin and death, right? Rescues us. I mean, we are in prison. He rescues us from sin and death. He gives us safety. Who here does not like safety? We all like safety, right? We want to feel safe. He gives us safe by freeing us from the power of Satan. And that power of Satan is through sin. He delivers. He delivers us from the eternal separation from God. That's another word for hell. But I think of eternal... Can you imagine from some point in time, therefore, in the future forever, no end being separated from your creator. Can you even begin to imagine that? That's, uh, and from the bondage then of Satan. He, he, he delivers us from that bondage and brings us into that uh, eternal connection with God. Wow. A commentary that we took a look at in preparation for today uh, put God's power to save us in the form of three tenses. We thought this was interesting, past, present, and future. So past, we were saved from the penalty of sin by the death of Jesus on the cross. Present, we are being saved from the power of sin by his resurrected life and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit future. We will be saved from the presence of sin by his ascension into heaven and the promise that we are with God here on earth and in heaven. From the penalty, from the power of sin, from the presence of sin. That's what Jesus does, saves us from that. And he saves everyone who believes. Saves everyone who believes. God has the power, but we must believe. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that uh, we are sinners. That's hard something. Yeah, we believe we're sinners, admit we're sinners. And that he came to earth to save us from our sin. Believe that he died on the cross. The ultimate sacrifice for your sin and mine, for our salvation. Believe that he resurrected after three days in the tomb. As wild and as unbelievable as that is, we have to believe that God has the power to bring him out of the grave after three days. Believe that, as we sang earlier, he lives he lives, Christ Jesus lives today, right here, right now, with us, right here, not just in this room, but as we leave, when we go home, wherever we might be, Jesus lives, we must believe. So let's look at the whole 
two verses here again of Romans 1, 16, 17, New Living Translation. For I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God, God's power at work saving who? Everyone who what? Believes. And the Jew first, they thought the Jews were the chosen. The Jews thought they were it. Well, got news for you guys. Yeah, the Jews, but also those other guys, <laughs> the rest of the world, the Gentiles. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. That's kind of a nice little rhyme there. Righteous. Get right with God. Get right with God. Lined up with God. And this is uh, accomplished from start to finish by faith. Call it sola fide, by faith alone. As the scriptures say, and this is referring back to the Old Testament Habakkuk, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Yeah. So Paul, in his letter to the Romans and his other letters, he is urging people to believe, to realize that they have, that their potential comes from God, that their purpose is a God purpose. And so we ask us today, it's worth considering and it's only a, it's a personal thing. Do you believe? Do you believe that he came for you? Do you believe in the power that God has to change your life? God can do whatever. God is so powerful. And if you're coming in here thinking that there's something that God couldn't love you about, that is the enemy talking in your head because it is a lie. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He created you. He made you. He breathed you into existence. Yeah, I was born from a mom and a dad, but it's, it's God that ultimately did all that. Nobody here is an accident. God created you for a purpose and it's for him and a plan for him and ultimately God gets the glory for it all. So we want to encourage you today. Here we had this Paul who was Saul who was a, G, a Christian killer and he was radically changed and we can be too. It may not be blinded for three days. But all we need to do is, you know what, God, I was like this once and I was lost and I said yes to you and now I'm different, lost but found. You are never lost to God. And so we want to encourage you today to not be ashamed of, of the gospel, not be ashamed of the blessings in your life, the miracles that have happened, we've all experienced them. And to share that with somebody who might need to hear an encouraging word.
That's the gospel. That's the good news. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for the gift of new life. Thank you for Paul who, oh boy, what a transformation. God, help us embrace who we are and whose we are in you and try to make a difference in this hurting world. All we have to do is simply tell, share our story. Thank you for the gift, this reminder of Holy Communion as we celebrate what you've done to, for us and given us new life in you. We pray this in God's holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Thank you.